singing, but I said, boy, that sounds familiar. And that's because we sang it this morning. And I'm the one that picked both of those songs. So that's all right. It's a good one, right? Our uh, scripture this evening is Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1,504. This is Christ speaking the Sermon on the Mount, instructing in prayer. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. May he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. We're also going to be looking at Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 45. It can be found in the back of your green Psalter hymnals on page 57. 57 in the back. I, uh, I will read all of the questions and answers Except for 119, we uh, can read the answer together. How's that sound? Seems fitting. Why do Christians need to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking Him for them. How does God want us to pray? So that he will listen to us. First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself in his word. Asking for everything he has commanded us to ask for. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing. And humble ourselves in his majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it. God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ, our Lord. That is what he promised us in his word. What did God command us to pray for? Everything we need spiritually and physically as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. And then, of course, this answer together in unison. What is this prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Westminster Shorter Catechism, question and answer 88, says this. What are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? And the answer is, the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word sacraments and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. If I could summarize it, I would say that the Westminster Shorter Catechism is saying that there is an ordinary means, there's an ordinary way by which God grants us his grace, that we may grow in the knowledge and wisdom of Jesus Christ and be sanctified, growing in godliness and holiness, being conformed to the image of the Son, and that is by the Word the sacraments, that is baptism and the Lord's Supper, and prayer. Now, there's often been a debate between the Westminster Reformed tradition and the Dutch Continental Reformed tradition about whether prayer should be considered a means of God's grace. Um, I would say, based off Lord's Day 45, we should have no problem saying that God gives us His grace through prayer. He works through prayer, and that is to say, prayer is an ordinary means of God's grace. I want us to uh, situate ourselves in the catechism so we know where we're at. We've covered the section on sin. We've covered the section in the catechism on salvation. And now we've moved into the section on gratitude or service, and the section on gratitude or service begins with a discussion on the law of God, particularly the Ten Commandments, the law of gratitude, how we are to live now that we are saved, that we've been redeemed, how we are to look at the law and say, now this is a way in which I live because of what God has done for me, not in order to get something from God, right? But another part of gratitude, in fact, a part of gratitude that the Catechism says is the most important part of our thankfulness, we now move to, which is a discussion on the Lord's Prayer, prayer in particular. So, our theme this evening is this. God hears our prayers because of Christ. God hears our prayers because of Christ. Point number one is real simple. The way this is laid out in the catechism should be pretty obvious. Why? Point number two, how? Point number three, what? Why, how, and what? And if you look at Lord's Day 45, you'll see the question says, why do Christians need to pray? How does God want us to pray? Or what does God want us to pray? To pray for. So that's what we're going to look at. Why we need to pray, 
how we are to pray and what we ought to pray for. And that's exactly how the catechism lays it out for us. And I like it when it makes it real nice and simple like that. So let's look at point number one, which is why, I think. Yep. Why we need to pray. And this covers question and answer 116. Well, the first thing that we need to realize is that we pray because God commands it. God commands it in His Word that believers ought to pray. Romans 12, 12 is an example of this. Paul says to the church in Rome, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Colossians 4, 2, Paul says this also to the church in Colossae. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. To the Philippians, pray without ceasing. That is, that our lives are supposed to be so characterized by such a natural conversation and communion with God that is as if we are praying always. That does not mean that you should bow your head and close your eyes while you're driving. God's word commands us to pray. And if we remember the words of Jesus, we'll remember that he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The second reason why we should pray is because, this is one, two, is because it is the best of our good works. It's the best of our good works. Look at what the question or the answer says here. Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. So the catechism is saying, basically, in response to the law of gratitude and the commandments, how is it that we are to live according to this way? And we do so, expressing thankfulness and prayer, most direct way in which we pour out our love and adoration for the God who redeemed us is in prayer. Christian prayer is an answer. It's a response. It's a reaction, we could say, to what God has already done for us. He works in us first, then we express that in prayer. He works in us first, and we, spread, he, we express that in prayer. So we, we pray, right, out of gratitude. We pray out of gratitude. We talk to him because we are privileged to belong to him. An example of this would be, um, let's say that you are uh, a young man, and you're fond of this young lady, but you think she's way out of your league, but you, you muster up the courage, you ask her out on a date, you start going out with her and things are going well and you just can't believe it and you think, I'm going to get down on one knee and I'm going to ask this woman to marry me. And you get down on one knee and you think, here it is, I'm finally going to realize she's just too good for me. And shockingly, she says yes. And you're amazed that somebody like her would say yes to getting married to you and then you get married to her and you never talk to her again. That's what it would be like 
if we didn't pray to God. That doesn't show that young woman gratitude and thankfulness for the fact that she's chosen to spend marriage with you. It shows a lack of gratitude and thankfulness, right? And so we pray out of gratitude. We pray to God because we realize that he has redeemed us. That we have communion, fellowship with God. It's pretty simple. We, we talk. We talk to those we love. I got a pretty funny example of this. I FaceTimed my dad this, uh, this weekend. I like my uh, parents to see the kids sometimes. But then... Uh, the, the first thing he said was, could you not get a hold of mom? And I said, yeah. And he said, I get it. I'm, you know, sloppy seconds or whatever, right? You couldn't get a hold of him, so you're, you're, you couldn't get a hold of mom, so you're calling me. And then he said, I called you twice this week, and you haven't called me back. I'm not doing very good at showing my dad that I love him, right? Because we talk to those we love. And the last reason why we pray is because God gives. It's because God gives his gifts through them. That's why me, I'm a three forms of unity guy. I'm not a Westminster, you know, uh, confession guy, but I can say prayer are a means of grace. Because right here it says, and also because God gives his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly asking God for these gifts and thanking him for them. Some say, if God is sovereign, then why pray at all? My answer to them would be, if God is not sovereign, then why pray at all? We don't pray because God needs us to help him run the universe. We don't pray to change God's mind. But God has ordained prayer as the means to accomplish his ends. So God gives. This is a means, right? God is sovereign, which means there's no power outside of him that can force him to do something or to refrain from or cause him to refrain from doing something. But think about the way that Jesus speaks of prayer. He says, he says, ask. He says, seek. He says, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Think of what James chapter 4, verse 2 says. You do not have because you do not ask God. So maybe you say that you can't resist temptation, but can I ask you, have you asked for the power to resist? You say that you want your faith to grow stronger and not struggle with so many doubts, but have you asked God to grant you his grace? You say that you are worried about your children's salvation But have you asked God to move in their lives? 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. We pray largely because by praying we are reminded of our need for God to move. We pray for God to do things that we know we can't do. And by praying we renew our minds and begin to be conformed to the image of the Son. That's why we pray. My numbering system looks really confusing. So maybe I'll do ABC or something. But how do we pray? Because maybe you heard that and thought, wow, man, I can pray for anything and I can get whatever I want. I think that's the second one, yeah. How are we to pray? How does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? That's what question 117 says. There's three things going on in this answer. It says right there, first, second, and third. But this is the way I want us to think about these three things. The first, really, is the fact that we need to know God. So let's look at that. It says, first, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself in his word, asking for everything he's commanded us to ask for. So we have to pray to the true God. Now, where do we go to know that we are praying to the true God and not some counterfeit God or some God of our own making or creation? We pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself in his, I'll do A, word. He's revealed himself in his word. That's why prayer and Bible knowledge go together. Prayer and understanding the scriptures go together. We pray to the God who has revealed himself in the pages of Holy Scripture. There we learn of his character, what he approves of, what he does not approve of, what he loves and what he does not love. An example of this would be possibly a situation where a child knows that he shouldn't ask his dad that question because he knows how his dad's like and he knows his dad's just going to say no. Right? Because they know their parents. They know their parents' character, what their parents value. And so they refrain from asking or they decide to ask based on the knowledge that they have of their parents. The same should be true of our Heavenly Father. The same should be true of our Heavenly Father. That's why we have to ask for everything He's commanded us to ask for. Ask for everything he's commanded us to ask for. What does that mean? This can be by explicit command or implicit command. For instance, we know that God has revealed himself as a holy God. Therefore, we shouldn't pray for him to help us rob a bank. He won't give us that. So we shouldn't ask him. But we should also know what God longs to give us. So there are things that God won't give us. And there are things that God longs to give us. In John 14, 14, Jesus said to his disciples and to them, also to us, 
You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a sweet deal. I'd like a nice new car, a six-figure salary. Uh, I know that's probably not going to happen. To never be sick, a 72-inch flat screen, the newest iPhone, etc., etc., etc. That is how some people understand Jesus' words here. Ask me for anything. But that's not what Christ is saying at all. In fact, if we look to John's later writings in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God wants, what does he want? What does God want? He wants to make us more like Jesus. So if you pray, and your prayer has something to do with you becoming more like Jesus, there's a good likelihood that God is going to answer with a big yes. God wants to make us more like Jesus, and he wants to give us the Spirit. So you see, prayer is not a means of getting what we want, but rather a means of becoming what God wants us to be. It's not a means of getting what we want. It's a means of becoming what God wants us to be. So that's the first thing that we need to know. The second thing we need to know, B, is ourselves. We need to know ourselves. What does it say here? Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing and humble ourselves in his majestic presence, acknowledge our need and misery. You see, God wants honest prayer. You can't fake it with God. God wants honest prayer. We don't have to come to him pretending to be something we're not. Come broken. Come confused. Come depressed. Come lost. Come angry. Now you might be thinking, can you really say that, Carrie? Well, have you read the Psalms lately? Come acknowledging everything and hiding nothing. Put aside hypocrisy, pretense, self-reliance, and just come. If your spouse can tell when you're not being sincere... When you got something going on and you just won't talk about it, you don't think God can tell? And this is what I don't want you to misunderstand me saying. One does not have to put aside reverence of Father God and treat him lightly in any fashion in order to come before him as a child comes 
to his father. You see here, this is an acknowledgement that we are sinners and that we need God's grace, that in a very real sense we are naked before God and cannot hide anything, and that we know that he is the giver of good gifts. Humbling ourselves before the Lord, we seek his will for our lives over ours. You see, not only must we know the God that we are praying to, the God that has revealed himself in Holy Scripture is not some false idea of God that we have, but the God that is right here that we have described for us right here. Not only that we, do we need to know ourselves, that we are sinners. But maybe, maybe when we have those realizations Something comes over us, don't we? We think to ourselves, how can we have confidence that God will hear our prayers because he is holy, he is completely other, and I am not. And that's why the first thing that we need, or the last thing that we need to know about how to pray is that we need to know Christ. The words here in the catechism are beautiful. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. This most assuredly true promise. That even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer. Because of Christ our Lord. He doesn't listen to your prayer because you're worthy. He doesn't listen to your prayer because you speak louder than the other person who's praying. He doesn't listen to your prayer because just this week you happened to get all your Bible reading time in. He doesn't listen to your prayer because for the last five years you've been given offerings consistently and faithfully. He listens to your prayer because Christ Jesus died for you. Because that's what he promised in his word. We have a mediator. Because when Jesus said that we can ask for anything in his name, John 14, 14, that is in accordance with his character and will that he will do it, he did so on the basis that he was looking at the cross. I'm going to the cross to atone for our sins. Christ is our advocate before the Father, and he has made a way for us. And this should give us confidence when we enter into the Holy of Holies. Because the great chasm between the holiness of God and our sinfulness has been closed by Christ's flesh. By the blood of our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has completely paid for all of our sins. And set us free from the tyranny of the devil. It is for this reason 
that the only prayer accepted by God is the prayer that is done by faith in Jesus Christ. And it's for this reason that we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, lastly, we've looked at why we ought to pray. We looked at how we should pray. Now we have to think about what we ought to pray for. What? What did God command us to pray for? Everything we need spiritually and physically as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. It's important here that the catechism shows us that we are to pray for everything we need. Not want. Everything we need, not want. We're a very consumeristic culture. And we often think in prayer of what we want rather than what we need. It's in this way that the Lord's Prayer guides us. The Lord's Prayer is not an incantation. It's not a special formula of words that we are supposed to say over and over again in hopes that God will bless us. The Lord's Prayer is a guide. It's a model prayer that points us in the right direction concerning the character of all our prayers. The content of all our prayers. And this is very important because in Matthew 6, 8, Christ tells us, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, you could take that as an excuse that, well, I don't need to tell him then. It does not mean that. But it does mean that we cannot lead him astray. God knows our need before we ask, and thankfully, oftentimes, in spite of what we ask. Because if God always gave us what we want, oh boy, that would be a mess. God is not a genie. God is not a be careful what you wish for. God. God gives us what we need, and the character of what we need is given to us in the prayer. The prayer, the Lord's prayer that we're going to be talking about. That we would hallow the name of God, that we would desire that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we would have all that we would need in each day so that we could live to glorify him, that we would have our sins forgiven and forgive those who's, who we've sinned against or who have sinned against us, that we would be guarded from temptation and evil, these are the kinds of things that we need ultimately, spiritually and physically. God knows our needs before we ask, and thankfully, in spite of what we ask. So when we pray, we are in some way also asking God to teach us our needs, our real needs, our true needs. See, ultimately, prayer is not a search for things but what I'm getting at here is that prayer is a desire for communion. To fellowship with God. Our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Because we pray to the Father, through the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we want to be with God. Because prayer is really a crying out to God that we are awaiting, that we are longing for him to come, to make all things new, to be rid of sin and corruption and brokenness so that we can have true communion, fellowship with him. That's what prayer is. One commentator says, closer to God, we cannot come than when in our sighing for him, we taste his sorrow for us and in our seeking for him, we meet God seeking us. God answers our prayers. He hears our prayers because of Christ. I hope this evening you have considered the wonderful, beautiful privilege of prayer. That praying for the Christian should be natural. It should be something that is not forced. And these are things that we have to grow in. These are, we, we have to flex the prayer muscle. We have to learn over time how to enter into that fellowship with God with ease. And this is something I'm still working on. But prayer is beautiful. Prayer is wonderful. Prayer is a means of God granting his grace to us that we may grow up in Jesus Christ. And people of God, if you aren't taking advantage of that. If you've distanced yourself from God, if you're not entering into conversation with Him, asking Him to grant you His grace, you're missing out. We're missing out. I'm missing out. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. We ask that you would help us, help us all to pray to you in season and out of season, to pray without ceasing, to be faithful in prayer, to pray for the saints, to pray for the preaching of the gospel, to pray for our own hearts, to pray for the loved ones that we have that are far from you, to pray for the church around the world, the persecuted believers, to pray for our missionaries, to pray for this community, to pray for our president, to pray for our government. We ask, Lord, that you would grant in us by your spirit a desire, a longing to go to you and to pray in accordance with your will for all that you would grant us that we may see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.